0: Hey guys, producer Ken here with a very quick message before the show begins. Uh, In 2013, uh, I started working on a podcast with two of my very best friends, Paul and Ben. That show's called Jews and Reviews and it's on the Atlantic Transmission Network. In fact, it's safe to say it's probably one of the inspirations for creating it in the first place. Well, four years ago, uh, one of the best men I know, Paul Cohen, you may know him as Paul Corey, hosted Jews and Reviews, uh, was unexpectedly admitted to the hospital. Uh, it was from there that he learned that his illness was due to a loss of function in his kidneys. Uh, right now, he's on dialysis three days a week, and the doctors have told him, "Hey, Paul, you know, try to live a normal life, which is very rough to do, you know, being on dialysis three days a week." Well, it turns out Paul is in need of a kidney transplant. So, if you or anyone you know may be interested in learning more about becoming a living donor please call the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. That's the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. Another way you can help is just spreading the message by sharing these links and giving it the hashtag TeamPaul. That's T-E-A-M-P-A-U-L, standard spelling on Paul. We're certainly doing all we can to help a good man get through this, and we hope you'll join us. Thank you. Enjoy the show.
1: I took improv at the People's Improv Theater, and Sarah was in my class. And after class, people go to Pioneer's Bar, and it was the end of our class. We had done all eight sessions, and so we all went to the bar. And Sarah sat me down, and she asked me if I wanted to be a part of of a project that she was doing and she explained it to me she wanted to do a podcast and she said that she wanted me to be her co-host and i smiled cuz i'd never heard anything so sweet and i thought did that just happen
2: distant flickering screen scenery i swear the spring Faces in condensation. I'm going outside to take it all in. You say, too late to start, got your heart. to did that just happen? Where we explore unchartered, unexpected, and sometimes unwanted social interactions. I am Sarah, and
1: I am Taylor, my
2: beautiful, wonderful, wonderful, wow, wonderful co-host.
1: Words are hard. Words are very hard. And we are doing a special episode that no one else has invited no, to. No,
2: no man in the man seat, no girl in the girl seat. It's just us. Just us. Doing us. Doing us. Living our best lives.
1: Because we wanted to give you just a little taste of (laughs) who we are yes, and why we came together to do this.
2: (laughs) So let's talk about your story. (laughs) I personally loved that because, I mean, just a bit of backstory from my end. I had done a podcast um, called Jews and Reviews and after working with our wonderful producer, producer Kent, um, he had discussed the possibility of doing a podcast with my sketch group, which at the time we had too much on our plate. But I was like, "Hey, let me uh, throw something else at you. I want to do something. I don't even remember what the original name was. The Creeper oh, Chronicles. Oh yeah, the Creeper Chronicles. <sighs> yeah, that was cheesy. Thank God you came along and fixed this.
1: But yeah, all I all infancy ideas are horrible. It's very true. in name.
2: It's very true. Um, but I knew I wanted a co-host and I wanted somebody you know, who I got along with and had good rapport, and I knew, like, we've taken a couple classes we together. We took
1: uh, sketch writing 101 yeah. together just as well. Yeah, just 101? I thought we did two as well.
2: Whatever. No, we just I did made one. that up in my brain. In my head, we've done a lot together. We've
1: journeyed <laughs> long enough far.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I was... So nervous to ask you because I'm like, this is it's always weird to like pitch an idea to someone. I was nervous to ask Kent if you wanted to do it because I'm like, this is I it don't takes really guts know.
1: for sure. Yeah, I've not done it, but I'm sure it takes guts. Well, it probably takes guts to
2: say yes to something where you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Because I probably was stuttering and rambling like I usually
1: do and was like,
2: uh, creepy, no, you seemed really like,
1: confident. That's surprising. You seemed really confident, and I was honestly really humbled and honored because
2: I was humbled and honored that you said yes
1: guys it's just a love fest (laughs) this is this is gonna be 45 minutes get ready it's not it's not we'll Um, talk about other things (laughs) but that was really cool because you said that you liked my perspective on things yes I do and that was really cool because I like yours as well so we then went out and got some drinks yeah. and guacamole. Oh yeah. And discussed like what we wanted to do. Yeah.
2: And it kind of evolved. Like I think the original idea for this podcast came just from like I I've talked about it and we've discussed it at length, but there I get like a lot of weird, creepy situations that happen to me a lot, and like especially with the nature of my work and just being, you know, a woman in New York City, it happens a lot. And I wanted to find a way. Meet to... Being a woman anywhere, honestly, that's very true. I shouldn't have just said
1: New York. No, but that's where but we live. That's
2: true. And like walking around and stuff, you're a lot. I think you're. We're subjected to you're, a
1: lot. You're exposed a lot more than if For you're sure. driving. Yeah, in Yeah, no
2: one's gonna harass me in my
1: car. Hopefully, <laughs> you might get a weird honk in a way. That's true. But you know, maybe Ooh, in LA traffic, driving. we don't know. So much.
2: Yeah, but I just wanted to find like a way to to tell the stories and get to the bottom of it. And I love that this kind of, it started as an idea for a comedy and it has kind of evolved into something that's still, I mean, because we're hilarious, it's still a comedy, but so it's evolved. Funny. I think you've really brought a perspective that's something that I'd never even thought about making this into. And like you and Kent obviously have shaped this greatly but I think it's really cool the place that it's at where it's like oh yeah we're not just like this was so funny that this happened to me but it's really not funny I think it's It's so hard
1: because we're talking and this isn't edited that's something that's very Mm -hmm. interesting about this podcast is it is not edited so anything that we say goes and so you're really just listening to an honest conversation Mm -hmm. and you're really putting yourself out there and you're really vulnerable um And people have been really, really nice about it. Yeah, which has been really awesome. But um, I love sociology, and so that's what I really like about this: is we Mm -hmm. definitely get to like unpack and dissect things that happen every single day that you talk about with your friends. Yeah, and that affect everything at like at large, and that people experience all the time. And so I've heard from people just. Say that it's nice to hear people talking about it, yeah, even if you don't agree with us, sure. even if we miss points, we which, don't always agree with each other exactly. And I th- I think it's just cool to be able to have a dialogue, sure. but also just like it's helped me put myself out there more, yeah, for sure. Yeah, listening to your own voice Ooh. is
2: hard. I think it's funny in the first episode, we listened and we were like, Who's who? Yeah, we <laughs> didn't
1: do a dry run, <laughs> saying, uh, do we sound alike? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> So um, what like what is your relationship with because this kind of evolved into more feminist than we yeah. anticipated. But For then sure. again, feminism is something that is so awesome right now because it's getting so it's getting to just be implemented into so many different facets of life. Like, yeah, in social media, people are getting to address it more casually and it's not, it's still demonized and it's still kind of this dirty word. Um, But tell me about like your relationship with identifying as a woman and stuff.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, For me, feminism is not a dirty word, but it is a word that I am careful with. And I think that's why, especially at the end of every episode, like I've made it clear, like we don't want this to just be men suck and women are great. And like women need, we've been, you know, suppressed for so long that now it's our turn to rise up and take over the world. Like, (sighs) yes, that's true. Like women are just as capable and qualified and sometimes more qualified for things than men. But I, I'm very leery of man bashing and just saying that feminism means that women are Because then you're better.
1: just as bad. Right. And
2: I don't think that's helpful. And I think it's important and it's exciting that we're calling it out. Not us necessarily, specifically, but like just generally in the world, like we're calling it out and we're bringing attention to to women. And I think that's really great. And I think for me, feminism is just equality. Like
1: That's the it's, definition.
2: It's so frustrating that we even have to have conversations like this, that there are differences in pay and in the way that we're treated and you know we just we did an episode about leadership and like the way that we are perceived as leaders and women who are strong like that's really frustrating that that still exists and that we experience that and I've personally experienced that but I at the same time want to be careful not to box people in and you know I think it's also hard though not to be like oh well you're a guy so you're gonna have this perspective like I don't like when people do that to me I don't want to do it to other people so yeah, and I think at the same time, though, it's it's a little bit of a soapbox issue. People are pretty quick to cry wolf, I think.
1: For sure. For yeah. sure. Like, we had a guest who was dismissed when she brought something up because she says she is kind of identified right. as the, right. the soapbox girl. The one
2: who's going to shout it from the rooftops.
1: And it's like, well, you know, sometimes yeah.
2: sometimes you just got to get it said. Yeah. My sketch group did a sketch called The Bureau of Women Who Hate Women Who Hate Women. And it was kind of Oh my of God, that's, that's really good. I like was, that a lot. The, the title is amazing. It was written by Jessica Park. She's brilliant. But it was basically calling out this whole like, so I've talked about how I don't personally care for Lena Dunham. And it's like, well, then you're not a feminist. You don't stand for the cause. I'm like, well, no, I don't think that she speaks for me as a woman, as the woman that I am. And I don't think that I don't, agree I don't need to go on a Lena Dunham rant right now right
1: but like you respect her work ethic? Sure. like the fact of your that, life yeah. I don't
2: necessarily respect or like her work but her ethic sure
1: she's she's going out there putting herself sure. out there and you're not gonna hate on that no
2: live your life live your best life in fact <laughs> <laughs> that's my saying these days so I'm it's, gonna say it a lot
1: it's my roommate's saying <laughs> great we would get
2: along oh I know her <laughs> my new male roommate oh your new male roommate never mind see what I just did I just assumed that it was a woman. But to be fair, that's because I thought I knew who your roommate was. Well, she, yeah, I have two. Okay. One anyway, is a woman. Anyway. <laughs> but so we we talked about things like, so if I say I don't like Lena Dunham, then it automatically means, no, you're wrong. And like, then we end up hating on, like you're a woman and you're hating on me for having my own opinion. Like just because I'm a woman, I don't need to identify with every feminist for ideal. Sure. Um, so Some people
1: though, I mean, that's totally true. Some yeah. people though, I think... Don't like Lena Dunham because they, and this is not why you don't like her. I think some people think she's um, like a, an extreme version that they don't necessarily want sure. to be grouped in with. Yeah, and so that's also interesting. But you're totally right. That's,
2: yeah, that's definitely true. I think people are naturally averse to adverse. Averse. I make up a lot of words on this podcast. Just, yes. just let me have sometimes it. Sometimes
1: we don't use the right tenses, but no. that's <laughs> like that's also something I get sometimes self conscious about. Me too. It's like. We're not at, we're like when you're speaking, you're not necessarily saying everything correctly yeah. all the time. And so we're it's not like, perfect. <laughs> like, I know you think I am, I
2: am, but I'm not. And I mean, I am, but I'm not. <laughs> what about you? What is your relationship? Do you identify as a feminist?
1: Yes. yes. I identify yes, as you a do. feminist.
2: <laughs> um, I think I, it's funny. Sorry to cut you off as I ask you a question, but I do think it's funny. Like, I think it's very clear how our personalities come out that way where I'm like, Ah, not so fast. And you're like, no, like I feel very strongly about this. And like, you're always very, very strong in what you believe and how and you stand for it. And I really
1: love that. Well, thank you. I went yes. to Catholic high school in Colorado that was super Republican. Huh. Um, and I, I just, I don't know, there's just like a lot of stuff I disagreed with there. Yeah. Um, so I chose to go to the complete opposite type of school. So I went to Wesleyan <laughs> in Connecticut. Yeah. And that taught me a lot about, like, what it was to be super liberal because yeah, I only knew f- what the tip of the iceberg was. Sure. But I also learned in sociology, like, and stuff like American studies and stuff, I learned a lot about, like, what it was to, to I don't know, to kind of think about it in a way that I I definitely gravitated towards in the sense that it's, like, it's logical yeah. you know and so it was a place that was just like so so easy to have those feelings you know it's just a place that was so liberal sure. that I think it then was like so easy to come out of it just being like yes I still gonna say <laughs> my piece and everyone's gonna listen and it's like no one gives a fuck what you're saying <laughs> but like at the same time then going through production and like those kind of roles. My first job out of college was at the Jerry Springer show. Which is amazing. It was insane because it was all women. But it was a lot of women hating on women. And because our producers kind of like mind fucked us. And that was how they controlled us. And yeah. that made, that almost like made it stronger. And it was just yeah. like, why, why are we doing this? Yeah, I don't know. That didn't really answer.
2: No, it did. Um, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up though. What has been your relationship with women
1: um growing up my mom i always preferred women to men yeah okay like growing up i did not like men of authority and yeah. stuff like that like it was like i couldn't have male babysitters ah. i just i just didn't like men for no reason i didn't like my dad in like 8th grade for no reason And it wasn't because, like, he's a wonderful guy. Shout out to my dad. I just don't know what it was. But my mom was like a super strong female who had a job that was successful, but then she stopped to be my mom. And I think sometimes I questioned her for that.
2: Sure. Um, Are you an only child? Yeah. No,
1: I have a little brother. And that's right.
2: I, don't, I feel like I just keep asking you these questions that I know the answer to. And I'm very sorry for that. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's
1: okay. But yeah, I just, my nanny who lived with us was a female. I just always, I have more, I don't even have really guy, that many guy friends. Really? Like I thought, when I was really young, I did too. I don't know why that is. Yeah. I think it's cause then I develop crushes on them and then things happen oh, and yeah. I'm not good at separating them. What about you?
2: Yeah. I never liked women
1: oh my gosh yeah. that's so funny we're like opposites yeah. yeah
2: and it was i would have the same problem with guy friends too where it was like as what you just described where it's like oh yeah like we're really close but then i like somebody's gonna catch the feels and you're like oh crap this just doesn't work it's usually not me because i'm not very emotional like that
1: <laughs> everyone just falls
2: everyone for me. loves me and i'm so easy to fall in love with i really i think the people who end up falling in love with me are just tortured because i probably be really hard to like you yeah, it's very hard to like me because I don't give a lot. I'm not like, I'm very hard to crack. But when you're in, you're in. However, I always, I went to an all-girl Catholic school and I had very early experiences of being a mean girl and experiencing mean girls. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, no, like this is gross and I don't like that this. Sucks. And I switched schools in high school and like ended up just kind of not really wanting many friends. Like I've always kept a very tight circle of people since then. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. This is like a very transparent moment. But I think a lot of it had to do with when I was in college, I had a boyfriend who would sleep with everyone and anyone. While like, you were together? Yes. Yes. He, he cheated all the time. And like... You knew? Yeah. I was just a terrible... Were you in an like,
1: open relationship?
2: Um... No. We all have
1: these yeah, it was relationships like a, where
2: yeah, we're not it was our best like selves. one of those where you're like, I was really young and you think you're in love and you're like, whatever. Like it just, You overlook it. You think that you can fix the problem and you're like, I thought it must be me. And so then it became like this huge competition, like not even subconsciously. Like I knew I was in competition with every girl who walked in the room because I'm like, well, my, the man I love is, well, I'm a boy at that point. or like 18, 19. But like, he's probably gonna want to have sex with her you know so it became this like really weird thing where I just saw like every woman and I was like I need to be better than you because I'm trying to fight for what I want and eventually like I grew up and was like I don't actually need any of this shit like this is ridiculous and now you were out of college this is
1: ridiculous and it's not like you made that up in your mind like that's like so many movies like yeah everything yeah It
2: was so stupid. So I think that a lot of it came from that. But after getting out of that, like, toxic, whatever it was, like, and kind of, I moved to Australia for a couple years and, like, getting some perspective and just being like, oh my gosh, like, I don't, I'm not in competition. Because it carried over. It wasn't just sexual where it's like, oh my gosh, my, the person I love and my husband eventually is going to cheat on me. Like, it wasn't just that. It was like, no, I need to be better than you in every single way. And I just eventually came to realize, like, we're so much stronger, first of all, when we're healthy, functioning humans who aren't competing with other people. And no one can live <laughs> up to those expectations no, to be ridiculous. better in every way. I was driving myself crazy because I'm, like, trying to be a perfectionist. But also, like, we're just stronger when we work together. And, like, there's enough against us as women in the world that, like, we don't need to be against each other. And I Absolutely. I think especially in, like, working in comedy, and seeing all the competition and all the girl and girl hating, and not even there like magazines, culture, movies, like you said, it's it's shoved down our throat all the time to like be competing with each other. And I'm like, can't we just champion each other? Yeah. Can't you be excited for your like your sisters, your girlfriends? Like, come on! <laughs> like,
1: absolutely. This is
2: crazy. So that, it changed my perspective a lot.
1: That's sure. such an intense story.
2: Yeah. Wow. Oh, I got
1: deep real quick. No, no, that's it's like great that you were able to
2: yeah and like then I like I didn't even have girlfriends until I was 23 24 maybe even a little bit older because I'm not gonna say that instantly I'm like I'm done now I'm healthy like it, right. it took me a really long time and I think even still like I'm it takes me a longer time to open up to girls than it does to guys just naturally but'm I'm, I'm working on it and now I have a good circle of girlfriends and guy friends like we're good but well it's
1: funny because Sarah Books the guys to come on our show yeah. and I book the girls. It's so true. It's really funny. Like, I, oh God, I've like asked boys to be on the show and I've gotten like my coworker, he's yeah. awesome to come. But like, I just haven't, I don't know. Like, I just, for some reason, I'm not like seen as like a comrade. And I don't know, yeah. maybe I think you're hot. <laughs> I don't, you're hot too. So oh, that well. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you think I'm taller than most people um Aww, we're so cute <laughs> but I I don't know I think it frustrates me that I'm not able to have good friendships with boys yeah um but at the same time like my friends are they're just right. you know they're they're great so I guess why why be upset yeah if the boys don't want to a part of my friendship (laughs) (laughs) it's their loss it is totally their loss. (laughs) but
2: I think you're right it is hard to have guy friendships sometimes because there is like although I guess it could work both ways like you can be attracted to anybody but it's like oh it's there's that underlying tension like oh
1: (laughs) and I'm not gonna say I'm innocent like I definitely can be a little preachy and like my my brother like he'll tell you like I'm definitely a sometimes a little too in your face like really I'm independent. Yeah. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure the males in my life are probably like, okay, Cal- <laughs> calm down. Like, yeah. y- you're still a white woman. <laughs> like, things are not that bad. Yeah, you're okay, girl. <laughs> but that's kind of something that's been interesting is the men in our lives. Yeah. I've noticed kind of this white boy frustration.
2: Yeah. Have
1: you noticed? Yes. Just like when you bring something up, it's like, Every white boy yeah. feels like he is now being demonized, right? And victimized. That's, it's, it's
2: a hard time to be a white man right now.
1: <laughs> they, they keep saying that, and like it's kind of true, but at the same time, you're still on top. Yeah, yeah. So it it's makes weird... me try and be more aware.
2: Definitely, because you don't. It's like how we talked about with feminism. Like you don't want to be like, well, you have to respect me because I'm a woman. Like that doesn't devalue white men. <laughs> like it's not. It's their fault, but it's like not our generation's fault necessarily like we have we're now in a place where we need to do better and we need to fix it and I think we're doing okay like we're nowhere near where we should be yeah but we're, we're getting there like kind of <laughs> But it's not, like, it wasn't us who 26, 27 years ago woke up and were like, let's create patriarchy. Like, this is the the way <laughs> it was established. Like, this is how our
1: country I have been. a dream, and it's patriarchy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> My dream is for no woman to get ahead, for no minorities to get jobs. <laughs> like, what? No, that's not a thing that, like, we woke up and said. We are actually, like, probably one of the first or second generations to come through where... We're kind of being like, hello, like this isn't okay. So you gotta like it's gotta be hard if you're part of that generation and you're like, I'm being blamed for things that I didn't necessarily do and like I'm trying to be part of the solution, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Weird. Did you like did you have any role models when you were younger who were like ladies?
2: Um, my mom and my aunt definitely. Like, my mom is so kind. I'm nothing like my mother. (laughs) I'm very much like her in a lot of ways, but she is so friendly and warm and loyal and will open up to everybody and, like, open her home to anyone. Like, she's a really, really kind lady. And... We were, we've always been really close. Like, I've had yeah, a close relationship. Yeah, you and your mom are super close. She's great. I love, shout out to Jerry. Everybody loves Jerry. It's a hashtag. <laughs> Is so, like, yeah. She, like, That's talks, amazing. she'll talk to a wall and, like, ask a wall how its day was. And I'm like, I could care less about that wall. No, couldn't care less. There you go. About that wall. Nailed it. And also, my aunt, just because, like, my family's gone through a lot of, like, shitty stuff. And specifically with my, my aunt and her health. And, like, just to see the way that the women, like, really they never, they didn't hate each other. Like they came together and they like supported each other and had each other's backs and like laughed through hard times and were like just really strong and just like kept going and like kept pushing and always championed me and my brother and like my cousins to, to go for it. And like, I think that they are definitely my role models. I've really looked up to them as kid, as a kid.
1: (laughs) It's really important to see your, Mom getting along with her sister, for yeah, sure. Yeah. What about like famous people or like pop culture oh when you were little? I'm trying to think. I know I
2: really liked Leanne Rhymes,
1: but I'm not sure. Oh my why. god, because she was a husband stealer. I
2: know. I found out. I know. It wasn't until my later years, and I'd already gotten over it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there was anyone in particular that I can remember being like. That's
1: who I want to be like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you? Um. I mean, obviously, mom. I love you very much. You're, ba- <laughs> you're a badass. Um, I remember that in th- when I was in eighth grade, I was like super, super awkward, as we, <laughs> all we all were. Yeah, but like it was just I just you know every day was like the worst because you yeah. weren't you like we're never gonna be the cool girl that like yeah. someone talked to. Yeah, it was so never me. I like loved. I loved watching Saturday Night Live, yeah. and that was when like Tina and Jimmy were doing Weekend Update, yeah. and I just thought my Rudolph Amy Poehler and Tina Fey yeah. and Rachel Dratch were like the coolest ladies yeah. in the entire world. And to me, just them like doing it up there with the boys was yeah. like the coolest thing you could do. Yeah, and that was that was definitely like you know it gave me it gave me a little something weird to do in my in my life you know and then in eighth grade I would like then go into class with this kid Nick Hazel who was so 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 short (laughs) and so we were like the weirdos (laughs) and we would like then like perform little recaps of like my Rudolph being Donatella Ah, Versace and like stuff like that yeah it was fun but like they were cool ladies
2: yeah so you've been performing your whole life This has nothing to do with
1: feminism. I've been performing for a year.
2: (gasps) Okay. Well, but you were doing little things like that when you were a kid.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. But I wasn't in, like, theater troupes or anything like that. It was the 90s, so we were doing sports.
2: (laughs) All the sports.
1: (gasps) Swimming, soccer, basketball, skiing, golf. Like, all the sports. And so, but I, like would always do at Girl Scout Camp. I would always lead us doing skits <laughs> and doing entertainment tonight. Okay. And I had a few characters. And so I just always liked doing it. Yeah. But it was nothing that I ever pursued because I think arts were like definitely less less like encouraged when we were yeah. younger. At least like in Colorado yeah. maybe. I don't know. Also neither of my parents are artistic at all. So okay. they definitely they were probably like, we don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So or they probably didn't even recognize it.
2: Ha, that's that, that's a fair point. Yeah, if you don't know, then
1: yeah, they were like, keep swimming, <laughs> <laughs> keep doing athletic things. There you go. <laughs> that's what we do in Colorado. Yay. What about you?
2: Yeah, I've always been been in the arts. That sounded weird. I've always been in the arts.
1: I was. I um, come from a an artistic yes. background. I
2: don't. <laughs> my family. My mom was a musician, and like is a really good singer and that kind of stuff. But they, I've always, I was always like that annoying kid that was like, I'm going to produce an album. My mom's like, you're 11, go clean your room. Like I can't (laughs) with you right now. But I auditioned for my mom one time. She was laying in the hammock in the front yard. And I was like, I'm going to audition. And if I win, you have to give me a record deal. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And
1: she's like, did you get it?
2: No. (laughs) I was like trying to get out of doing things that were important, like homework. She's like, I, you're done. Um, yeah, I've been that's like so cute. I've been putting on solo shows in like the front yard. I used to do it in the front yard from the tree. I you, don't know why, because you need to be as high as possible. Yeah, because I'm, cause I'm not you. giant enough. But I always like my parents were never like this is a viable career option. They're like, no, you're I mean, smart. You're what parent <laughs> says that's a <laughs> viable career option? I studied option. music in college, and I think they cried every night. They're like, why, please, law? Why, you want to do entertainment law or something? I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Now I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs>
1: It's interesting because I feel like our generation is pursuing their dreams yeah. like much more. I
2: just I can't stand the idea of being in a nine to five. It just it torments me.
1: I think a big thing is and now I'm going to get into economics. I think Thanks, a huge thing is that before a nine to five got you a mortgage. Yeah, it got you like right. security. The things that mattered, quote unquote. Exactly, and now a nine to five is going to get you. Like,
2: Nothing, misery. <laughs> unless you claw your no way offense. to the top,
1: you know. Or but the thing is, I'm I am like very envious of people who have a job that is a normal schedule that they really like, yeah, and that they're but really good at. Your job. No, I, I mean I enjoy it as much as like, you can. yeah, sure. cause like I book Airbnbs, you know, I find mm-hmm. locations. Um, I mean I serve champagne so exactly. it's not like it's that great exactly. like, the grass and I'm is sure, always greener right <laughs> I'm sure every person can break their down job yeah, <laughs> their job down if they you know haven't gone to to school or even like you know I'm sure both my parents are lawyers and yeah. they will tell you how much they hate it Yeah, but I think there's definitely some there's a lot of privilege in us being able to like just say fuck it all definitely. we're gonna pursue stuff and definitely. even if it's privilege in the sense that we know we can then try another job, but yeah. our parents definitely, it was like, you you get a job. Yeah. So this is why we have our podcast. I know. This is how this relates. And
2: I think it's a weird dynamic like between myself and my brother too. Like my parents were, they were very strict with me and very like, like I had to do well in school. That was always a non-option where it's like, For if sure. you're not bringing home A's, like we're not going to talk to you. <laughs> like live, you have to do this. But they were also very, encouraging of my (laughs) solo shows in the front yard and like letting me you know paying for an education and what I was passionate about and that kind of thing um and so even in in like my I'm 26 now and they're still kind of like yeah like as long as you're pursuing what you're passionate about and you're working and you're making money like we're here for you we're not gonna it, it is it's fine and like I traveled for a little bit and I kind of was more of the free spirit
1: Still kind of. You've had like multiple lives, I feel like. Yeah, I
2: feel very unsettled. (laughs) But like with my brother, they're like, No, you go to college and now you go to law school and now he works. Is he older? No, he's younger. Yeah. But it's really weird. Like they definitely have like Do you think that's gendered? I think it is. Like, I think there's this expectation, because I've talked about it too, where like my parents have said many times, like, Well, you're gonna get married and then you know you'll be fine. And I'm like, Well, I'm fine now. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> right. But with my brother, it's like, no, you will find a nice girl and you will take care of her. Shit. So it's like really, it's really Your different.
1: parents are kind of more old school. Yes. Definitely.
2: Well, they're Italian. My oh. grandfather's, my parents aren't Italian, but my granddad's Italian and he's like the patriarch of the family. And it's gotcha. very like, this is how it's done. So it's kind of a miracle that they've let me be as like free as I am, but.
1: They ultimately just like want you to be happy. Yeah and then and married <laughs> you can be you can be that hot little wife who yeah
2: country club life they tried
1: they who, tried but you can still be that hot wife who then has a career for the arts on the side yeah right <laughs> if the kids have their lunches ready oh but that's a big thing I don't want children do you want kids I have no idea yeah you're young I have no idea we're the same age. I know <laughs> my parents luckily yeah I was gonna ask because my, because they both, like, they, they met at work. And oh, cool. so um, my parents definitely did not have, like, any expectation They said I wasn't allowed to get married until I was at least 27. Really? I'm almost, That's I'll amazing. be 27 in a year, and there are no prospects. So, oh guys, I'm going to make it. <laughs> I'm going to make it. We're
2: doing well. We're doing well. My parents
1: are like, please, can you just do it by 30? <laughs> That's so crazy. My parents got married when they were 30. That's It's, crazy. it's interesting what your parents... Where you come from, as we yeah. did in an episode. Yeah. But um, there was definitely never any talk about if I would find a man wow. who would take care of me. In fact, and I think this was a little too much pressure and I eventually buckled. Um, My dad used to bring the New York Times top 50 women in...
2: Oh my gosh! Business,
1: wow. There's an there's like an article that comes out every year, and yeah. he would like put it on my desk in high school, and he'd be like, "You're gonna be on this list one day." Wow. And like that's so insanely supportive, but yeah, at the same but it's time, it's like, like, ah, what it's like, like oh, it's just crushing, <laughs> yeah, crushing expectations that like I knew I was never gonna like be Cheryl Sandberg. <laughs>
2: no, you don't know that. You may be. You
1: I will. Know. You're young. I will you're depict 26. her in one of my sketches. There you go. <laughs> But, so, th- I, that's, that's nice. Yeah. There were no gendered expectations. Yeah, that's really cool.
2: And is it like that for your brother, too, where they're just like, whatever. Yeah. Live your life. Yeah. Haha. I think I've said it, like, seven times now. Sorry. See how many you can do It's <laughs> it. my sub game for the day. That's awesome, though. That's really cool. It's what, nice. Do you think that you would be like that for your children? It's hard to say. It's hard right? to, s-
1: I mean, I, for sure, just, I think the bottom line, like, there are so many, like, there's so many unhappy people and so yeah. many people just Fighting every single day with depression, that it's like ultimately you just want them to be happy. And if you find your light tickling people's feet, (laughs) like (laughs) find your find that light, you know? Interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: What are your hopes and dreams (laughs) for this podcast, just like discussion wise?
2: I think my biggest thing is I just. I want us to be honest and authentic and like I think we've talked about this like in a couple of the earlier episodes I don't know if we're supposed to call out our flaws but it is what it is like we were a little wish-washy and flip-flopping on like what we would say and like if we said anything a little bit controversial or if we weren't even sure about something but it's just opinion based we were very quick to take it back and I think we're I think I hope we're getting better but I think that's the biggest thing is like we started this because we felt like we had something to say and we wanted to make some kind of comment. And we're not always right. We're human. We don't really know what we're doing. We're comedians and like, not that that discounts us, but we're not sociologists. Right. Is that a, yeah. Or like psychologists or professionals here. Like we're just commenting on experience. And I think that that is my biggest thing is like, what is our truth and stand by it? How do we feel? You know? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think I hope that for us as yeah. well. What
2: about you? Aside from
1: that <laughs> aside from that, um I hope that we reach and I know we will because we have so the thing is we have so much time like right. we can do anything with this um I really want us to not be heteronormative right um yeah,
2: yeah.
1: like yeah, you're really good about pushing for that too
2: oh well, yeah. thank you um, I always ignore you, but you're good at pushing. <laughs> like I have a great lesbian I'm like yeah yeah, yeah." shut (laughs)
1: up I don't have a great lesbian if you're a great lesbian please we
2: need you we want you (laughs) Um, it just happens like that by scheduling it's not really intentional
1: (laughs) (laughs) I also like intersectional feminism is so crazy important right now and bringing race into everything is super important and I think what you said just like saying our truth but at the same time being as conscious as we can
2: yeah I think that's good, like, expanding expanding what our truth could be.
1: Yes, because we both come from very specific places. Yes,
2: yes, I I had no experience with any kind of racial relations. I never saw a black person until, I mean, I saw them, but I never had any relationship with them until I moved to New York City. That was not a thing. There it is not a thing in Delaware. Like, it is very segregated still,
1: that's, at least in my It's experience. so crazy. I mean, it's not like Colorado is the beacon of diversity. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> <laughs> like... I totally agree with that and so it's I yeah when I think about podcasts like when you think about podcasts that you enjoy like what is what's something that you just
2: Um, they're interesting (laughs) no um it's yeah it's about a topic that that you have either been curious about or you think about I think one of the reasons like you suggested doing this too is like you feel connected to the hosts and you want to know like it's not just talking heads it's actual humans and you feel connected to them I know at least like in listening to Serial. Yeah. Know, the super great podcast. Actually really liked it. It's the first season. The second season's kinda shit. Right? Oh, I
1: haven't tre- I haven't <sighs> checked it out.
2: It's kinda crappy. No one's
1: Koenig. <laughs> I mean, Sarah Koenig, you've done something no one else can do. Yeah. So it's hard when you have something that great. It's really yeah, it's really hard. Any anthology, when yeah. you have a new story, yeah. and but people have expectations, it's really hard. It
2: is. And yeah, the second season's just not that interesting. I think it's hard because like everyone already had an opinion. On for Girl, sure. Dark, Dog, but whatever. Anyway, the reason I, I felt like I related to her was because like we were going through it with her and like mm-hmm. she was uncovering truths and she she did backtrack on things, but it was because like her mind was opened and like all the things that we've been yeah. talking about. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, you feel like you're having an experience. With she walked people. us through
1: it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I said for sure a lot. Uh,
2: I've, I've said live your life a lot. So. <laughs> so I'm also
1: very aware of how much I say like. <sighs>
2: doing a podcast will make you very self-aware like you said earlier you're just like I I stutter a lot (laughs) I mumble a lot I like I brush off comments very I'm very quick to do that where I'm like I'm just kidding I'm just kidding like or well I never I just want to marry a rich man anyway like say things like that it's so
1: easy to put up those easy defenses yeah Yeah. and it's even harder when you have like something in front of you (laughs) that is rolling tape that can't be yeah, undone you're especially just a said because we don't edit
2: i know kent never lets us backtrack on big things
1: kent's like this <laughs> will like, no. be authentic he's like this is bait
2: <laughs> <laughs> no not bait what's the word i'm looking for uh blackmail <laughs> blackmail is so different this. than bait yeah i don't know why i said bait <laughs> <laughs> i don't english is my second language What's your What's your first English Barbie Yes, my first is make believe. Uh. (laughs) My first is I don't know exhaustion.
1: (laughs) The life I played with Barbies until really late. Oh my God!
2: I used to say that I was getting Barbies for my cousin who was eight years younger than me, but they were really for me.
1: I respect that. Yeah, well, no,
2: because I was like 13. (sighs) It's embarrassing.
1: Sometimes when boys don't talk to you, you talk (laughs) to your Barbies. I'm just saying, I just needed a friend. Okay. Kent feels embarrassed for us.
2: Um, what what's like your relationship with men like? That was a question you threw out there.
1: Oh yeah. While we were discussing this? I think it's gotten a lot better. Um, I think I often generalize way too much. Yeah. Um there is something that I do know I really, really want to do with my son, if I do have one. Mm -hmm. Um I want him to have friends that he can talk about his emotions with. I want him to be really yeah. able to express his emotions. I have a little brother who is a very sensitive boy, which yeah. is really lovely because I think he, I, I don't know, I just think it'd be hard to have me as a sister <laughs> and, like, be a super macho man because I would be like, no. Like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> um, but I, I think I am doing a lot better with men um in eighth grade my teacher called my mom he was um a man and he was kind of attractive and some of the girls in the class had a crush on him and he called my mom and he was like hey I just want to check that there's not a problem and mom was like what do you mean and he was like Taylor is like really hostile towards me and my mom's like she's never mentioned anything oh my god my mom asked me and my roommate right now actually she and I grew up together she was one of Mr. Elkin's favorite and they would like eat lunch in his class yeah. and like stuff like that. And I just was like, I just thought he was a really? So when my mom asked me, I was like, he like wants, he, he was skeezy. <gasps> yeah. And I just wasn't about it. Oh um, but I've definitely, <laughs> my relationship with men is good. I think
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've, had some, I've had some good relationships. I've had yeah? some bad relationships. What was
2: your best relationship?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I think my high school my Aww, high school boyfriend, for sure. Um, we were like kind of definite that's like so sad <laughs> too. That's so that's sad. Not sad. That's the best relationship. The most equal relationship yeah. I've had.
2: And I think probably the most innocent. Like that's probably why
1: For sure. We like were definitely interview. equals. Like in college, I just felt I was just so infatuated with this guy that I lost myself for sure. It was one of those. Yeah. And since then, like since college, like I haven't had like, I've had like a real adult relationship aside from the one that I have trashed on here (laughs) many times, but. (laughs) Which I love. (laughs) He also, you know, know, when you behave like that. Hello. Sometimes
2: don't date a girl who does a podcast if you're going to be a Dumbass, exactly,
1: and I'm sure he has not heard it. Yeah, well,
2: there's that too.
1: (laughs) What about you?
2: I don't think I've had a good relationship, which is very sad. It's not. Yeah, no, I I think that's not true. Right after I broke up or ended whatever horrible tyranny of college
1: dating. Um, College dating is really toxic. Yeah, it was
2: really really bad. And like had that relationship that was really hurtful and hard to get over and pretty, like that ended when I moved to New York and then I started dating someone like, pretty quickly after that and he was perfect like I'm sure we didn't date long enough to uncover the flaws but like he treated me so well and was like really really sweet and great and I just was not in a place like I was you, heartbroken so right. I was just like couldn't I didn't give him the you. attention <laughs> yeah like I don't want I'm not this isn't gonna go well for you and so we broke up and he was just like but why I'm like well there's like no reason but he he was really cool ghoul
1: He was really cool.
2: (laughs) That was a combination (laughs) of cool and good. It's really hard to have um,
1: functioning relationships.
2: It is, and like you're so busy, and like I don't know. Our producer is a hopeless romantic. He He is. Oh my gosh. It's very difficult, and I don't think that I'm an easy person to love. Not like I'm really not like self-degrading no like no i know that i make it that way for sure
1: (laughs) my little brother and dad have mentioned that in very loving ways just like whoever you end up with he is gonna be crazy yep
2: okay this is a bit random but you know when like you're dating someone or like talking to someone and your friends are like no you are so much better like you deserve more than that like who does that person end up with? Like, who doesn't deserve
1: more than them? Like, isn't
2: that a weird thing? And people thing? who
1: are shitty to other people as well. <laughs>
2: that's very true. That's who that's ends true. up.
1: Like, when you... Isn't
2: that sad that that's, like, a, a group of people that are just, like, crappy?
1: Yeah. There's... Yeah. selfish.
2: <laughs> We're not in that group.
1: <laughs> We're way... We hate ourselves way too much to be yeah. mean to
2: Self-actualization. people. Self-actualization. Self-realization. I don't know. <laughs> so... What do you want to do? Like, what do you, when you see your life, I hate the question, where do you want to be in five years? Cause I don't know, whatever, but like right now who you are today, where do you see your life going?
1: For sure. That's a really good question. Cause I have been battling a little bit in my head cause I really do love sociology and doing this podcast yeah. has been awesome. And part of me really wants to go back to school for it. Cool. But is the return worth it. Like right what do you do with your master's or even PhD? And I don't know if I have it in me to, you know, do my PhD. And I think ultimately I would probably still go back to this. Um, Also something that I'm self-conscious about though is kind of how narcissistic comedy is. Hmm. Like you really have to be all about yourself because you're putting your, you are your meal ticket, you know? Um, And sometimes I'm really afraid of becoming too self-involved. If I do keep down this this track which I really only have just started in the sense that it's only been a year and right. I'm could be doing a lot more yeah um but I think what I ultimately want to do is make I would love to like produce and help write and ultimately perform in shows that break all of the standards that we have right now like there are mm-hmm. so many good shows that get canceled obviously because. <laughs> They're not for, you know, they're just, they can't spoon feed an entire audience, but I want, I want content to get there yeah. and I want to be in stuff that is funny, but at the same time helps, helps us bring the world, like the, the social world, our culture yeah. to where it, it should be quite honestly and just more truthful stuff. Yeah. Like, stuff that's funny because it hurts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think it's so trite and cliche, but what Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are doing sure. is everything. Yeah. Like they're... I mean, it's still, like, very white, um, but it's... It's something. Like, it's, it's something that's really important. Right. What about you? Ugh.
2: I... I mean, my Twitter bio, so they want to marry Rick Ross and help people. <laughs> and I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> like, oh, Rick Ross. I don't know. It just started as a joke and I don't actually want to marry him. But I think, yeah, like at the core, I'm really passionate about um, seeing people like find joy and fulfillment. And I think... I have a hard time figuring out like what the specifics of where I want to go will look like because like, yeah, it's hard when you, you're in the same boat where it's like you're interested in a lot of things and you have a lot of talents. And I know that's interesting to say like, yes, I am talented at many things. Like I, I've had a lot of career paths, if you will. And I was good at all of them. And I've kind of just like flip flopped around a little bit. And like, that's why I I left the country to like figure out who I am and what I want it to do. Um, And I didn't figure it out, (laughs) but I think it's hard to pick something and, like, how do you balance one thing? Like, is it writing? Is Am I going right. to, like, write for the rest of my life? Am I going to write comedy? It is really narcissistic. Um, I ultimately want to open arts schools in third world countries. That's like it's amazing. Something. But I... Yeah, that's. I know that, like, the arts have been part of my life forever and have mm-hmm. helped me, like, get through so much. And I want – like, that's – I see social problems and issues and injustice, and you're just like, oh, my God, I don't even know how to tackle things like that. Like, I can't right. fix hunger. But I know the things that I am good at and the things I can do to try to, like, at least bring some relief. Um, so that's, like, the long-term goal. How I get there, who knows? That's <laughs> such a <laughs> –
1: awesome long-term goal
2: it's very long-term but I I hope it's awesome and I hope it happens like it might just be a a thing that I'm like that would be great and it never happens but who knows like I think it's just about the little steps that you try to take in between right we're both out here hustling
1: (laughs) hustling hustling. yeah yeah I don't know what that
2: was (laughs) that was your Rick Ross impression and it made me want to marry you well
1: uh, (laughs) thank you I know so do you think you're funny
2: yes do you think you're funny?
1: Yes. Good. Have you been told that you're funny? Yes. All your life? <laughs> like when When were you like,
2: maybe I'm funny? I decided to be funny. That's awesome. <laughs> Which is like a weird thing and I don't know how well it worked. When? Like in the short term. Um, I was probably... 15 or 16 and I was at Christmas with my family and like my whole extended family and everyone and my uncle is hilarious and he's the type of person he's very much like me in that he's a bit misanthropic and just kind of like calls it like it is and is a very straight shot but he's so smart and I found that like he was able to make jokes and make everybody laugh and own a room with his wit and I just I looked at him and I was like I want to be like that And so I just started. Like, I've always been a little eccentric, like, kind of silly and goofy, but I think I didn't really start owning it until then. Be like, no, this is, I am now going to be funny.
1: (laughs) Do you think sometimes people, like, how do people perceive you as you, do you, how do you introduce yourself when you say you're, when people, this is something (laughs) I've been dealing with lately, is like, when people ask you, what do you do? Right. And you're like, I'm a waitress, but. Right. How do you, do you yeah. expand upon that?
2: Sometimes. It depends. Yeah. It's like a weird thing. Cause if you say, oh, I, I work in comedy, it's like, oh, so you like get paid to do it. No,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> not yet. Right.
2: So you just, you don't work in comedy. Where do you work? <laughs> like, it's, it's really weird. But then I hate saying that I work at a hotel or a cocktail waitress because it's like, that's not who I am. And I really work there like twice a week. <laughs> like it's not the majority of my life. Right. Yeah. What do you, do you tell people that you work in comedy?
1: Um, it's been this new thing that I've started being yeah. like, I am a comedian. Yeah. Because yeah. if you say it, it'll it's become true. true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mostly say I work in, like, I work as a production coordinator at a social media agency, which then people then have questions oh. about that. And I'm like, I actually don't give a shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the first thing you say. They're like, oh, so what does your day look like?
2: Well, I don't give a shit, <laughs> no, but I do. I care about my
1: job. I actually do care yeah. when I'm there. Yeah. But like that's, an, I'm, I'm not trying to make a career in social media is what I try to convey to them. Sure. Um, and, and I, I hope I, I'm not
2: trying to make a career as a cocktail server. Oh my God.
1: <sighs> Our lives could go one of two ways. We're going to start crying now. <laughs> so. But I say, I say that I do a lot of stuff on the side okay. that I really enjoy
2: would you would you give up your career and or your ambition for a man
1: see that is just such an abstract thought <laughs> yeah. for me because what it even feels like to be yeah in a like be in love in like a really healthy way yeah. i don't have any idea what that's like yeah and so that's like a that's like asking if a you know, if you got, like, if a spaceship came down with aliens, would you hop on? It's like, you don't know the real answer to that. Are aliens real? (laughs) Because, like, that's not even in your sphere of consciousness. I don't think so, though, because the reason I say that is because if he really were in line with, like, who I, with my interests and ideas and who I am and loved me for who I am, then I'm not sure what circumstance, there are many that could arise. Maybe he is the king of Genovia and we need to go there and there's no comedy in Genovia. Uh, You could start it. Exactly. So like (laughs) there's really no instance where I can think that the love of my life or the love of my life that I end up with would ask me to give it up. Yeah. What about you?
2: Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's like I can't see why I would have to do that.
1: Right. Unless you got like a terminal illness because right. you were pregnant. Right.
2: Because you were pregnant? Is pregnancy a terminal issue?
1: <laughs> I don't is. know what I just said. It's
2: kind of, I'm going to go with it. I, that's a non, see, that's a, that's a big thing. Cause I will not carry children. Like, so raising children, fine. But like, I, I wouldn't.
1: Cause of health reasons? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I live in chronic pain.
1: I know. And so... I don't know enough about it, though.
2: Ugh. You don't... I wouldn't
1: be able it, It's your back, you know. right? Yeah.
2: It's my back and my legs. And, like, it just is constant pain. Like, I can't... Even sitting doing this, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to kill myself a little bit. But I would never put myself so through the crazy. stress of, like, carrying a child. And I, I, like... But I'm open... And even as it says, like, now, like, we talked about kids earlier. It's like, no, I don't really want kids. Like, I don't know. But, like, I'm always open to having my mind changed. Right. Like, I know what I want and what I believe in and my core values but like life is surprising like I don't think you can go through and just be like nope this is all black and white like everything is really subject to change so even with like kids caring not a thing but like having kids now I'm like ew absolutely not like I'm 12 I don't want children I am a child right
1: I keep thinking if I were to get pregnant I'd be a teen mom (laughs) it would
2: be horrible and I know that's not true like we're 26
1: we are i beat teen pregnancy yeah
2: we yeah no one was having sex
1: with me in high school only at the very end really
2: not even in my teen years that was not a thing I was never gonna be a statistic (laughs) but no but so yeah same with like career like I say no but if they're If someone came and, like, the circumstances needed to change, like, I don't know. Maybe. I'm open to someone convincing me. If someone was, like, "Do," Although, to be honest, I joke about, like, marrying a rich man all the time, but I really think if someone was, like, here's a billion dollars, like, sit at home and do nothing, I still wouldn't do nothing. Like, I would definitely stop being a cocktail waitress, (laughs) like, 100%. (laughs) But I don't... I think, like, I would still do other things. You would find
1: things. Yeah.
2: Still work in some capacity. That's,
1: like... like, Because that's, like, the hardest thing that, you know the whole, all three waves of feminism yeah. have fought for is to not, <laughs> to not only have the yeah. choice to sit at home. and But so some, some
2: women want to do that, though. Right. Not that they want to, like, sit at home and do nothing, but some women really... My mom and I, your mom, like, were stay stay-at-home moms.
1: My mom went... She, she She was less able to just because she had been working all the time. Yeah. So she became... She had become my Girl Scout leader <laughs> and... Now she, ta- now she does, like, CASA stuff. She just always has to be involved.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's how my mom is. But that's, like, what she lived for. Like, her right. purpose was to be a mother. And now that we're, like, old and grown, I mean, she's still helicopters, for sure. But she's, like, finding her own way a little bit more now. But it's, like, no, that was what she wanted to do and felt like her calling. And that's cool, too. That but is cool. Yeah, it's, like, it a weird really- thing it's- in our day and age. It's, like,
1: oh... Lucky are the kids who have <laughs> the mom who's calling it to be a mom. Yeah, very true. Definitely. Very true. So we do like some <laughs> self-promotion on here, but like yeah. ultimately why do you think, first of all, what do you, why do you think people should listen?
2: Yeah.
1: And second of all, do you feel weird about promoting yourself? Um, I think people
2: should listen because it's real. Like, these are things that affect, like, these are stories, they're not, we haven't really used any performers, like, for the most part. Not that, like, we've hired anyone, but, like, the people who come in aren't just actors and comedians who, like, want to be on
1: a podcast. Like, these are real people. Also, like, nowadays, everyone has a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> That's like... very true.
2: <laughs> we are real people, too. <laughs> but, like these are real stories and like this is happening in the world and it's interesting. And I don't know if we have the solutions, but I think it's at least good to be aware. Um, as far as self promotion, I don't like doing it. It's necessary, but I, I never like, I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to be that person. That's always like only on social media to be like, this is that thing I'm doing later. like, literally no one cares it's like, so true. You're going to have an audience of three people, and I don't give a shit. But it's also important. Like, I think you have to be proud of the work you're doing. Absolutely. Like, I wrote a, a show that was about trying to marry Rick Ross. It was
1: really good. <laughs> Thank you. I laughed my ass off.
2: I, but I had a really hard time. Like, it did a spank at UCB and then didn't get a run, which is fine. Like, but then from there, it's like, well, I'll just drop it then because that means it's not good. And it's like, that's not true. I, like, I am proud of the work, and it needs work it needs to be refined but like I had a really hard time even pitching it to other theaters and like people that I know and like had a hard time being like hey want to take a chance on me and like I just did it yesterday my show was two months ago (laughs) it's like really yeah and I haven't even heard and I've just been like I don't even I don't know like it's so hard to be like you should I am proud of this and you should listen to it or give it a shot right you know but you have to
1: right what do you think? Part well, I completely agree about why sh- people should listen. Um, I think it's also just—it's so crazy to ask people to like listen to yeah. this on the subway or wherever yeah. you are, just because everyone's in their, everyone's living their shitty day, <laughs> and it's like
2: our voices are soothing, though. <laughs>
1: are they? <laughs> I don't know. I, I hope they are for some people. Um, I think it's really good because it's stuff people live every single day, and yeah. it's. Stuff that isn't necessarily talked about every day. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. And are you comfortable self-promoting?
1: I hate it, but you're right. You yeah. have to do it. Um, I hate it especially because, because there are so, I'm so self-conscious because there are mm. so many people trying to make it and it's like there's so many people doing what I'm yeah. doing and who am I to say that what I'm doing is worth watching or okay. listening to. And I, I have so much insecurity in that, but yeah. the part, part of part of doing this is just
2: yeah.
1: saying, fuck it. Like yeah. I'm proud of what I'm doing and I am really proud of what I'm doing because
2: it so makes me to,
1: happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it makes me happy. I feel like the, the, the stuff that we create we're not creating sexist racist no. shit like yeah. we're trying to make stuff that is honest and true right and it s- hopefully has a message of you know positivity um but it's definitely like my friends have been so great about coming to my stuff yeah and it's like every time i have something i'm like you don't have to come you don't have to come <laughs> just know you don't have to come yeah. like i'm not Keeping a mental list of who yeah, are my good there, friends and yeah. who are my shitty friends.
2: You owe me three shows, and I haven't come to anything, so I'm very sorry. But you always have shows when I work. I, I feel like the worst
1: friend. And you, you know what? It's it's we're all twenty somethings who yeah, have a, who have money to make. You're not sitting Girl. on your ass because you've trust fund. Like yeah. that's no, it's happening. So it's but it's also just you know, you need your friends to come until you can have other people in the audience. So I'm incredibly grateful to you guys and you don't have to come to every show.
2: (laughs) Do you think that you come across as insecure? Yes. Why?
1: Because I think I I just don't come across as confident and that's that's definitely something that drives me crazy is that, because I'm not, I'm not, I've only come so far in like, loving myself like in college like freshman year like I was I was pretty confident and there were some people in my life who made me feel pretty shitty Mm. and so I had no confidence like they kind of mocked that I was super happy and outgoing and I kind of from there derailed pretty hard Mm. and because they were people who were on you know like a team I was on and it was just like, it was just shitty. And I kind of lost all faith in myself, which is so upsetting to say that people can have that kind of effect on you. But they do. They totally do. People are powerful and you have to use your power for good and not shitty. Yeah. And so I've, I've worked really hard to become confident again. And my, but I I'm, would like to be more confident. What about you?
2: Do I come across as confident or insecure? Yeah. I think both.
1: You definitely come across as confident, but you also come across as insecure. Mostly I see your insecurity (laughs) as your height. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. In your physical presence. Yeah. Do I come across as insecure? No.
2: I don't think so. I think even like when you speak, you speak very clearly. Like you, we've all, we've talked about the backpedaling a little bit like between both of us, but I think for the most part, even like off the podcast, it's like, no, you are very secure in who you are and what you believe. Yeah. Well, You're confident on stage too. Well, thank you. I think on stage is where I seem more insecure or like talking about like things like self promotion, like yeah. that kind of thing. Like, but I think I can generally come across as kind of confident, which is a
1: complete lie. <laughs> yeah. Have you always been self-conscious?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm six <laughs> one. Like, I wasn't born six one, but I was born two feet tall. Were you? I was Twenty four inches.
1: Holy, good for Crazy. you, Jerry. You're I know, Jerry, champion. Like, she was like, Cut that
2: out. Cut that out of me. No way, am I pushing that? <laughs> oh, that'd be a
1: long push. Long. It
2: would have been like a whole day. She was like, No, I'll have a C section right now. Thank you. <laughs> oh my
1: god, you were like a toddler. I know. When you were born. My poor
2: mother. It's a miracle she doesn't have back problems. Oh my god. Yeah, and like that's that's hard to be tall and like I don't think I'm I'm grateful that I'm not as awkward as a lot of tall girls I know like, you carry yourself I'll wear heels and I well. stand up pretty straight and like yeah but it is awkward it's hard and sometimes I just can't hear you guys when you're down so low you like, have to like slouch a little I'm like wait what
1: <laughs> and and as we've talked about yeah. a lot of times there are less boys your height oh gosh
2: yeah that's a huge thing and yeah
1: one of my friends actually brought up that we short man
2: bash do we and, well I have no shame <laughs> <I felt laughs> I'm not <sorry. laughs> badly about that
1: just because we were man bashing but it was a particular yeah, kind of man bashing I but I was like listen this is our truth we're right. taller and ladies that's,
2: right that's the truth like I, I'm not I'm chances are I'm not gonna date you if you're shorter than me like I feel like I've I am willing to negotiate a lot of things but I am allowed to have a non-negotiable and my non-negotiable, there are a few, but the one is that you have to be taller than me because I like, I just really, I don't want to deal with that. I'm not attracted to that. And I think that's important.
1: I think it's very important to have your,
2: yes, your,
1: <laughs> and everyone who listens to this podcast is very aware about our criteria. <laughs> so we've almost saved them. We've yeah. saved the short boys from approaching. Oh, probably not. <laughs> but we have had a lot of short boys on this podcast, and I hope they haven't felt slighted.
2: Nah, they're fine.
1: They're probably okay.
2: <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misconception
1: about you? That's a really good question. Um, I think the biggest misconception when people first meet me and see me as like, tall lady with blonde hair yeah um is that I'm not very smart hmm. and that I'm probably gonna be rude yeah and entitled just because like I don't wear super cool clothes like I don't. I don't look hip <laughs> yes, you, you know I don't know I just think a misconception is that I'm I'm just You're like, like there's not like a lot going on upstairs mm. and I think that's that's been something like my whole life that people yeah. have kind of I think Ew. assumed that I haven't been very smart which is that's shitty. interesting
2: because you are that's like I'm not just blowing smoke like you I've said it a thousand times like you say very intelligent things well thank
1: you it's very worked very hard
2: I've worked you- very hard <laughs> to come across to be this that smart way. to come across that way how do you feel like like have you did you ever believe that you were dumb
1: no because like I smoked kids at times yeah. tables like grown up like <laughs> crushing in it my work yeah. always spoke how for was that love life in high school <laughs> that's when I had my best
2: relationship <laughs> it was really turned on by my math skills oh
1: that my was my sexy growl <laughs> <laughs> I need some water that was so funny <laughs> what do you think the mi- <laughs> the most missed perceived oh. thing about you is probably that I'm a bitch oh yeah. i was not expecting that really what do you think it is <laughs> i mean i don't know, I don't know. Like, well if i could pick <laughs> i really did not think that yeah oh i get that a lot because um, maybe because you've just been i've met you in contexts where you're yeah. happy and friendly because you're in <laughs> classes
2: that's true that's true um, I, I think I, I can have resting bitch face, which doesn't help,
1: but I'm very sharp. It's an affliction of like, many females. Yeah,
2: it's true. It's a real thing. There's a scientific study that just happened, which is great.
1: I saw that.
2: Yeah, I didn't read
1: it. Me neither. So oh, yeah. Saw the headline.
2: Clickbait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I speak very sharply and I, I think especially like I make... A lot of jokes, but I pick on people. Like, so maybe I am a bitch. <laughs> no, um, but like, it's all—it's playful and loving. You don't pick
1: on random people no, that no, you no. know have insecurities. No, of course not. And it's
2: all like silly, fun. You're not banter. like that's a
1: midget. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How is it being a midget? Is that good for you? I'm like, no, that's awful. But it's not even that. Like, I, I, I can be cold in the sense that, like, I'm. I'm very cynical i'm very sarcastic like i definitely have a darker sense of humor and i'm just not i don't want to sugarcoat things like that's not how i was raised that's not i'm not gonna sit there and like i don't that's just not my personality like not that i don't want to be overly nice and overly gracious and like i think i have redeeming qualities in other areas but i'm not like super gushy emotional like lovey 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 and we need
1: women like that yeah
2: it's fine like because that's also my family loves me okay guys my mom
1: says I'm great (laughs) that's a very non-traditional female trait yeah so it's it's hard when women have those traits
2: definitely and some of it absolutely comes also just from being guarded like yeah I'm I'm like aware of that and I try not to be so guarded and I'm definitely working on being vulnerable but I'm also just aware that part of it is kind of just my personality like I'm not that's sounds like you have it but I don't think I'm like, I, in my heart, I don't think I'm a bitch. Like, I don't literally, think I'm a bad person. Literally I never intent. experienced <laughs> you
1: being a bitch.
2: I hope not. I mean, we all have moments for sure. <laughs>
1: but. Right. I, I've been with you in a lot of settings, I feel like, yeah. and I haven't. So Good. Good. That, I've never witnessed you being dumb. So that can't be true.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I sit here in makeup up words, so I can't be really true. Can't judge you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your bar is just lower. It's just very low.
2: But, you know, you made it. You passed still. So Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank
1: you. What do you think you what do you wish people saw more inside of you? What is your light within it's that you wish <laughs> illuminated?
2: Um, I definitely wish, oh, how do I, how do I phrase this? What do I, I wish people saw more and it comes from me not showing it these days, but I definitely wish people saw more of my faith and like, not just the good parts, but like the struggle and like, I wish I made that, I talked about that more and made that more clear because it's a huge part of my life and it had like it's been a struggle lately especially like dealing with pain and like I went to seminary and like or Bible college wasn't a real seminary but um like I'm a Christian all that stuff and like my really on the table I don't judge anyone I don't care about homosexuality <laughs> like I don't care about I am completely for women and like obviously don't hold tight to a lot of like the traditional Christian views that kind right. of thing like I could give a shit which are
1: unfounded <laughs> yeah like, when you actually take a look at you're
2: right and I'm just like I can't even be bothered to deal with whether or not you're getting gay married like I haven't had a real boyfriend and
1: like i like I can't I don't care I'm just trying to get mine I'm maybe you can give me live my some life. tips <laughs> and I fail so hard as a Christian but like that's still is such like that's not even I, failing as a Christian
2: no it's not that's the thing like it's It's real, and I think – I wish that I would let that be a bigger part of my life outside of, like, my home because it's – I've definitely, like, put that away, and I think There's such a stigma, too, though. Yeah, for sure, and especially because I've – like, I've – I don't know. I never want to come across as, like, super judgy because if you just – no, I don't care. (laughs) Like I said, I just don't care, but – I know my own, I'm very aware of my own flaws and my own failures. And I never want to like, especially when I'm going through like weird things and hard times, I never want to be like, well, aren't you supposed to be like the Christian one who, you know, whatever. But I think that if I made it a bigger part like of life, then a lot of those things like, oh, you come across as bitchy and you're kind of cold. Like those things would dissipate a little bit because I've, I've made that a bigger part of life. Yeah. 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 And I, but also like it's because of my religion that like, I have softened and have like a heart for people and a heart for humanity and like that kind of thing. Like I wish those things showed more, not just like, yay, narcissistic comedian who kind of winces a lot. Cause she's like mostly in pain, but we think she's nasty. <laughs> God, it's the name of your you book. All- yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Someone write that down. <laughs> what do you wish that people
1: could see? Um, I just had it <laughs> in my head. Oh yeah. Um, I'm like, Super anxious and come across as super anxious all the time. I yeah. wish people saw the the kind of chiller side <laughs> of me more often, and that I am a relaxed being yeah. who can just like enjoy things and live in the moment. Yeah. I think I come across as too calculated a lot of the time, and just you. Know, I don't know. Just more of that. That's yeah. also something I'm working on: is being less anxious and just being able to like have downtime. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, just that. Just being <laughs> being less of being an chill. Just being less of an uptight bitch, you know. Well, I wish you, I could see that part of you more. <laughs> being an uptight bitch. No, not oh. being an uptight bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, speaking of that, if you could change one thing about how people see women, what would it be? <sighs>
2: Probably that like that that whole like well she must be on her period thing. Like that those qualities are like yep. being a little uptight or snapping or having a moment or crying, like being human. I don't know. Like means you must be menstruating.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like or I'm just a human.
1: Boys I don't know <laughs> boys get very emotional at you know, they have cyclical yeah. emotions. I'm saying all of this with zero scientific <laughs> research or knowledge. I'll buy it.
2: It's clickbait. Just write an article and I'll click on it.
1: Okay. <laughs> I get really upset when women get labeled crazy. Mm. I really hate that. Yeah. Like, she's crazy bitch. You know what? I've met a lot of crazy guys too. Yeah. I've met a ton of them who have acted in really mean and crazy ways yeah. as well. So I think that's just like the worst is like, especially, like, with dating. yeah. Yes. You ne- like, the biggest fear is, like, coming across as, like, this crazy girl. And I even s- – oh, my God. My guy friend came to my show, and he's, like, friends with – I've met him through my – like, <laughs> some of my guy friends who, again, like, I've had a, like, sexual relationship with one of them. Um, and that's why I can't have guy friends. But <laughs> – It happens. <laughs> I was, like – after the show, I was, like – now you get to go to all the guys and tell them how crazy I am. Mm. And he was like, "We already knew that." Like joking, but Ugh. it's like, why do I have to joke that I'm crazy? Because yeah. I'm because like, I'm insecure and that's why I did.
2: My best friend doesn't let me call myself crazy anymore. Cuz I was doing that. I was like I was just like, "No, I'm just crazy." Like and she's like, "I need you to stop." <laughs> you Good for her. Can't do that. So now I say, "I'm eccentric."
1: <laughs> I am eccentric, I'm eccentric.
2: <laughs> and enthusiastic.
1: Yes. <laughs> I think, yes, I think there's nothing worse than being apathetic.
2: Yeah.
1: And not having a passion for anything.
2: Yeah. Have you ever been apathetic?
1: Yeah. You know, when you're yeah. the lowest of the yeah, low of point, you're very apathetic. Sure. Katja, my roommate, can tell that if I'm in a good place. Um, how neat the apartment is because the neater the apartment the unhappier I am Really? so if the apartment's a little bit messy it means she came home one time when I was freelancing and I was in between jobs she came in and I was chain smoking cigarettes, sorry mom and dad in our apartment while (laughs) bleaching our bathroom and she was like Jesus Christ (laughs) get it together (laughs) okay I mean we've all had those
2: moments. <laughs> um what is your biggest
1: fear? That I that I give up.
2: Yeah.
1: That I give up. And in what sense I don't know what that means because sometimes I'm afraid that my giving up would mean going back to Colorado and not that Colorado is bad, but like people who go back should have a reason to go back. Yeah. And sometimes I worry I would Give up and just, just find something yeah, that I don't so actually want to do. What about you? Hmm.
2: I think. <laughs> I think my biggest fear is that I would walk away from God.
1: That's so honest yeah (laughs)
2: because I mean I you could anybody could yeah people do all the time absolutely and like yeah I think everything for me like actually flows out of that and like it's so easy to just be like no it's too hard like life is hard enough like why do I have to do it with all these boundaries and rules and restrictions and I don't do it with all the boundaries and the rules and the restrictions like just the relationship is hard enough with like something you don't even like you just are going on a feeling like that's so right. random, you know? Right. But I know, like for me, I know it's true. Right. And I know that like I've experienced that and I've lived my life at a place where I was really, really close to God and was like completely infatuated and then just let like pretty much pain be like, no, this, I can't, like, I don't want to do this. And I like, I see the way my life unfolds when I'm not there and when I don't like it.
1: It's really important that you know that about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> that would. <laughs> so we both, in a way, just got to hang on to that faith. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is, this is, would you ever, okay, <laughs> who, would you ever walk away from God if you met the sexiest atheist? Or someone who just like could not handle Christianity. Maybe maybe he was even like persecuted by oh, horrible that. Christians yeah. in his southern town.
2: Southern town. <laughs>
1: what a different experience than my liberal New York church. <laughs>
2: right? Um,
1: Justin Bieber goes to Sarah's church. It's
0: very yes, true. It's true. <laughs>
2: it's true. <laughs> um, whatever, if the Beebs is saved, I'm fine. Um, that was so judgmental. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not judgmental, guys, but Justin Bieber. <laughs> I mean, he's a shit. Yeah. But yeah. I love his music. Yeah, I, don't know. I know. Um, no, I would hope not. I would hope I wouldn't.
1: What like, about I if you have?
2: I've definitely strayed away. Sorry, church. I would say sorry, mom and dad, but they don't really care. Um,
1: so I guess this breaks the mold of. If he was hot enough.
2: <laughs> yeah, if it was hot enough. <laughs> God, it always comes back to that. It
1: always Yeah, I showed my true colors. <laughs> no, but that's the one exception.
2: Yeah, he has to be on it. God would
1: forgive me. No, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. This is the one time it, The it... one
2: time where I'd be like, You know what? Your beautiful good looks and your money just won't do and I would choke
1: on the words as I said them. <laughs> and then you would probably do it anyway. <laughs> you could then have him, and then yeah, go back to your your, your life of faith. Sure. We hope that <laughs> yeah. we hope that with that you now have more context yes. to listen to us. We're very strange if, people
2: that we are. If after this you should
1: <laughs> so choose to continue to do so, yeah, we hope you will. I will. I'll keep listening. Yeah. I'll keep showing up. Yeah. Thanks for being on this journey with us. Yeah. <laughs> this just happened.
0: <laughs> this just happened. You know you You've been hiding.
2: And you love
0: thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. You were twelve?
1: Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. Tune in. This has been
0: an Atlantic
1: Transmission production.